Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from guillotineleagues.com, here's your host, Paul Chargian. It's Championship Week. We are here to help you bring home the hardware in this, the ultimate week of the fantasy football season, I'm Paul Jarchi and my co-host today, Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. Hello, guys. Hey, how's Hi. it going? I am sure you're both alive in several leagues. I'm yep. playing in several leagues as well. Nope. None? Not None. one. Not one. Nope. It's the fantasy playoffs of <laughs> oh, hell no. this year, and well, it doesn't matter how good of a team you've built. It's all blown up in this weird it, year. It's kind of true. I mean, you you could have assembled the perfect roster and just had COVID chip away at it over these past few weeks to the point that it doesn't matter. Thought I did. That's what happened. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's this is it's as difficult a year as there's been, and in many ways, as unjust a year as there's ever been in fantasy football history. Mm-hmm. Because there's you know there's no justice or knowing who's going to get covid, who's not. It's yeah. you know there were just so many things up in the air this week mm-hmm. and this year. So, we're here to help you for the final time this year. Get ready for the weekend's actions, but I want to remind you, Fantasy Football Weekly continues. Even though we will not be in our extended 2-hour format, we will not be over the air. We will be in our podcast format, and we encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already so you can continue to get Fantasy Football Weekly all offseason as well. But this is the official end of year 27? Yes. This wow. is the This is the end of 27. I'm not sure if 28 begins until next August, so maybe this is it's the of the on-air part. It's the end of 27 years. I was realizing this is my ninth year, so I've gone time. through nine times worth of Fantasy Football Weekly so nine far. Times. Feels like a lot nine. more. I can tell you that much. Man, <laughs> it, it drags. Sure it really does. <laughs> Speaking of, of things that drag, the Panthers take on the Saints. And wait, game, I will put the over-under on your starters for this game. Both teams a two and a half. Well, since I already uh, maybe clued you in on this, I have two starters in this game. It's pretty bad here. Uh, the first starter is DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. Last week with the hybrid of Cam and Sam at quarterback, the Panthers actually attempted 45 passes yeah. against Tampa Bay, which led to 11 targets for Moore. Actually, 10 targets for Robbie Anderson, too. Moore's seen at least 10 targets in four straight. The quality of the targets just hasn't been there, though. The matchup against the Saints is similar to the Bucks last week. Easier to pass on than run, so I expect mm. another high volume passing day but just a C grade for more because these throws haven't been great I'll leave Anderson on the bench but if you need an absolute home run dart throw I could see throwing him in some lineups Chuba Hubbard he's obviously on the bench in the last two weeks he's totaled 14 carries for 49 yards that's total in two weeks gross and the Saints are very stingy against the run on the other side Alvin Kamara, he gets just a C grade here. I'm uh, with you on this, especially if those tackles don't play. Taron yeah. Armstrong, Ryan uh, Ramchek, they've uh, Armstead, they've been uh, they've missed the better part of a month now. They both could come back for this game, and then I'm a little more interested in Kamara. But without them, I'm nervous. Even with, uh, he's been held at bay by two good defenses in Tampa and Miami in the last two weeks, and in roles in Carolina, and the Panthers have allowed the fewest rushing touchdowns the fewest receptions and receiving yards to opposing backs, Uh. and they have not allowed one receiving touchdown to an opposing running back on the year. That eats into a lot of Kamara's awesomeness. Mm -hmm. In eight career meetings with the Panthers, Kamara has topped 67 rushing yards once. 
Jeez, that's it. And in the meeting with the Panthers back in week three, he was held to 12 total touches and 30 total yards. He does get a C because the Panthers will be missing what looks like four of their starting front seven in this game. So there's a little hope there. Uh, Taysom Hill and Marquez Callaway would be the only guys you would consider in the passing game. Uh, But I have them both on the bench. The Panthers are allowing under 200 passing yards per game. And the only really good game allowed by the Panthers this year to quarterbacks were Jalen Hurts in week five and Kirk Cousins in week six. Since then, no quarterback has topped 232 yards and only two quarterbacks have been able to manage multiple touchdowns. And since that Hurts game, no quarterback has scored on the ground either. So that hurts Mm -hmm. Taysom Hill. So they are on your bench. And that is it for that terrible game which might hit 20 total points i think <laughs> maybe maybe things work out maybe defensive points didn't think of that no, did you <laughs> i mean there you go that's probably how most of the points are scored here scott falcons take on the bills and the storyline to me the biggest storyline for the falcons mm-hmm. has been the disappearance of cordero patterson yes. who was you know i think through september october and much of november was the best story in fantasy football mm-hmm. and now virtually i'm I, I'm finally, I'm finally ready. Charge the last few weeks. I've been I've urging him, you to bench him, but he keeps scoring. So I, I have not been wrong on those starts because he's, uh, he's scored each of them. One touchdown in twelve yards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, maybe he, maybe he deserved a C last week instead of higher. But uh, I'm finally with you on this one this week. Patterson over the last five weeks has been held up by his four scores. That's that's the only thing holding him up. He's. Mm-hmm. Uh, his usage has gone way down, both receiving and running the ball. He gets C-level amounts of touches still, though. The scoring keeps him in lineups. This week, I think he's his clo- his ceiling is closer to his C. I have the volume C grade on him because of how much red zone usage he gets, but his 10-plus touches, red zone usage, I'm barely giving him a C this week. Oh, you're more it's, optimistic. I would, I would give him a bench grade, but that's okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's... Yeah. If if people can bench him, if they have the options to bench him, that's that's fine. I'm okay with it. I have Matt Ryan on the bench. A couple more games, a couple more QBs facing the Bills under 175 yards. Mm. That's now five games in the last six where the Bills have held a quarterback under 175 yards. Brady's the only one that got past that marker. <laughs> and Matt Ryan, he hasn't had multiple touchdowns since week nine. You're just not starting him. No. You're not starting him any week. Russell Gage, I have a C grade on. He had a nice run when the volume was there. Uh, Top 12 wide receiver three out of the last four weeks, but he crashed last week. He still had five-plus targets. He had, like, 49 yards. It's it wasn't that bad of a game. I have a C level start on him here. It is a tough matchup, but he's really going to be the only guy out there in the wide receiving core. And almost every week, he's getting forty to sixty plus yards, possible scores. And the Bills are allowing forty to sixty yards to their top wide receiver each mm-hmm. week. If you're looking at four to five catches, forty to sixty yards, that's C level in my mind. Okay, is so that C- like a zero elevation start? C level? Yes, there okay. sure. Sure, that works. Kyle Pitts, I have a B grade on. There we go. Bills are tough against tight ends, but they here's how they've done against top 12 types, top 12 when they played. Gasecki both times, Kelsey and Gronk all had 40 to 65 yards and several scores among them. Logan Thomas had a 60-yard day with, and a score against them. 
all the other tight ends, the non top twelve guys, average about eleven yards per game. <laughs> that's why they're. That's why overall they're great. Mm-hmm. So the Kelsey Gronkowski, I put Pitts up with them. I have a B grade on him because he gets six plus touches in all but two games. The tight ends that have had that volume have had the good days against the Bills. Okay, over on the Bills side. A grade for Josh Allen. This season, he's just had just one game where he didn't have at least 300 total yards. That's passing plus rushing mm-hmm. or multiple scores. Just one game. And that was the windy New England game. That doesn't count. So it doesn't count. He's done it in every game. Now he gets the third easiest matchup for quarterbacks. I'm loving his top guy, Diggs, here against a Falcons team that's fourth easiest against wide receivers. Uh, it feels like he's had kind of a down year. For some reason, I feel like he, Josh Allen or Diggs. Diggs. It feels like he's yeah, a little it compared started, to last it did, year. It, 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 it's not as good as last year, right? And it started slowly for Diggs as but well. He's seen over seven targets in every game. He's had fifty plus yards and/or a score in literally every game this year. Yeah, that's solid. He hasn't. Solid, he has not killed you with dud yeah, games. He hasn't which had is your. Great. 150-yard, three-touchdown yeah, games right. like last year. Mm-hmm. But he's been solidly consistent. He's got nine touchdowns. I do have an A grade on him here against this matchup. Now, with Sanders likely out, he's questionable, but he's likely going to be out. He hasn't practiced this week. Uh, Davis is going to be back. Beasley's going to be back. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they really digging Isaiah McKenzie this week yeah. in practice. They used him a fair amount last and week. They, they used him a ton last week, and they really liked what they got out of him. I have them on the bench because I think they're going to just neutralize sight, each other. Yeah, just monopolize each yeah. other's targets. Um, I, I liked it better when a couple of them were out. We could you mm-hmm. know make a dart throw out of one of them, but we can't here. Dawson Knox, B grade. What happened last week is basically what exactly what we called. We didn't think he'd have high volume, but we thought he could score because he's been scoring a lot. He got a one-yard touchdown at the very end of the game and really <laughs> saved some folks. <laughs> the Falcons, however, allowed scores and big games to Gronk, Gasecki, Goddard. Kittle had six for 93 two, year, two weeks ago. Good tight ends play against the Falcons. Yeah. Got a B grade on Knox here. Devin Singletary. Over the last three weeks, he has 44 rush attempts. Breda has four. Yeah. Zach Moss has four. Yeah, that's it. It's all his back backfield now. And somehow it's still he's still not fantasy relevant. Singletary it's, just can't find his way to be somebody you want to put in your lineup. I know, but this week I kind of like him because he's a good pass catcher. He's got five-plus catches in three of the last four games. Uh, Atlanta is it's shocking. Atlanta's bad against pass catching running backs for <laughs> the 20th year in a row, it seems like. They're bottom down. 10, allowing the seventh most receptions and yards to pass catching running backs. Given his full workload and the amount of receptions he's probably going to get in this one, I got a B grade on Singletary this week. Wow. I think you should get All him right. in the lineups. Okay. That's pretty bold yeah. considering what he's done. Yep. Giants take on the Bears. This will be our last matchup of this segment. Thank God. Yeah, no kidding. We're, and we're ending, <laughs> ending on an awfully exciting one, aren't we? Yeah, that's, uh, Giants that's what I meant. You're right. Uh, every part of the passing game for the Giants is obviously on the bench, and we don't even have to explain that, but I will mention this. The team's leading receiver last week had 28 yards. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's come to this for the passing game. But what about Saquon Barkley, you may ask? Is this your last chance to get value out of that lace first-round pick you put into Saquon Barkley? Hell no. No. Bench grade for Saquon Barkley. With declining rushing and receiving yards in three consecutive weeks, he's hit the end zone once since week four. Devontae Booker's stealing carries and receptions. Not- not just doing carries. There was talk this week that they're going to split the workload between the two. It wouldn't surprise me. If Saquon Barkley is in a similar offense with Daniel Jones next year, what round is he taking in next year? 
I mean, if it's basically this same team. Yeah. Is he a third round pick? No. Fourth. Fourth? Fifth? Fifth, yeah. I think that's probably about where he'll go. Unfortunately, it's just the reality of where it is because we replay the previous season with most sure of our do. drafting. Um, Chicago's a middle-of-the-pack run defense, uh, but the Bears are sixth in receiving yards allowed to running backs, and they're giving up just 30 yards through the air, and that's a lot of what Barkley has been able, what little value he's had has come through the air. Can't even count on that. So I'm leaving him on the bench. You got here without him. Somehow to the championship week, you shouldn't need him here. Let's go to the Bears side. Kudos to you, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, David Montgomery gets an A grade. He's surpassed 20 touches in four of the last five games. I love the volume. He's turned those opportunities into an average of 97 total yards per game and two touchdowns over that five-game span. He's also seen his role in the passing game explode, leading the Bears with 34 targets and 29 receptions over that same five-game span. Only three teams have allowed more running back touches than the nearly 30 per game that New York permits here. So all the volume and opportunity is for David Montgomery and a grade for him this week. I like Justin Fields here. We like we talked about this last week and then he didn't end up playing, uh, but he's back for this week or expected to be back for this week. Um and I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton was named starter. Is he? Okay. All right. Let's go Andy Dalton then. Andy Dalton back <laughs> off the court. I, I was going to say, let me, let me, you might check. be right I'll about that. Check I haven't looked today for new news. <laughs> it's possible you're right about that. It's, uh, I was hoping you'd be able to go. He had had, had top 10 fantasy quarterback finishes in four straight weeks, and they have named Dalton starter. Okay. Well, Andy Dalton doesn't bring a lot to the table here, and, and we're going to give him no more than a C grade against the Giants. New York secondary isn't terrible, but they've given up multiple touchdowns in into a bunch of middling passers like Teddy Bridgewater and Taylor Heineke and Matt Ryan and, and Tua Tungo Vialoa. So I could see a C grade on Andy Dalton, but no higher than that. And you're not going to start him here yeah. in the championship week. Darnell Mooney gets a C grade. He's seen at least seven targets in five of his last six games, including nine from Nick Foles last week. Nine times. Nine That's times. three times as many as the next highest receiver on the Bears. <laughs> so really, this passing offense goes through Mooney and Montgomery. Over their last four games, New York allowing the 11th most yards to receivers, 160 per game. They've given up five scores to the position as well So in the last four games. So there's, an, uh, there's a nice opportunity for, for Mooney here. He doesn't always make the best of these good opportunities on paper because I think I've recommended him a lot over the last month or so. He hasn't done much for us here. He'll go up against James Bradbury and Logan Ryan the most. They're both allowing a passer rating of at least 99 in their coverage. When we come back, take a chance on me. And you would think at the end of the year in the championship game, you wouldn't have to go dumpster diving for players. Yeah, you do. No, no, no. With COVID out there and Omicron, yes, suddenly we need all those guys that you can find off of the waiver wire. We'll help you identify nine players that you would not normally start in a championship game, but you can this week when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. (laughs) 
Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We will tell you who they are beginning at the quarterback position. And Matt Harrison, who you got? Uh, Derek Carr has the fifth most passing attempts on the year and the third most yards, and the Raiders are not afraid to air it out. They face a Colts team that scuffled a bit in the last half of the year since week eight. The Colts allowed Ryan Tannehill to have his only good game in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Then Jet Josh Johnson threw for 317 and three against them. And Mac Jones hit his high water mark for the last mark with 299 and two in week 15. So fire up Derek Carr. All right. Scott, you're taking a chance with me, quarterback. I'm going with uh, Tyler Snoop Huntley. If we're going to throw out their nicknames, I might as well throw out Tyler <laughs> Snoop Huntley. His worst rushing game on the year is 40 yards. His worst passing game on the year is 215 yards in the in games he start started. He's a threat to score with his legs at all times. He's got three scores in the last three games. They're gonna, they're likely going to be chasing points in this one. Um, and also that Rams pass rush, uh, pass rush, I think makes Huntley get outside the pocket and run, run for more. Extra. Just run for his life. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I throw out a nickname? I thought I thought you said Josh Jet Johnson. No, he was a Jet at oh, the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he's okay. now a Raven. I, thought, I heard it. I heard it the same way. I I thought I we were just you. throwing out their I their nicknames you. now. Okay. No, it, not everybody on the Jets is nicknamed Jet. I'm going with. <laughs> Trey Laser Lance, because apparently everybody has to have a nickname now, and I've just given one to Trey Lance. With Jimmy Garoppolo out, Lance is your starter against Houston. We've seen Lance for major parts of two games. In the first game, he threw two touchdowns. Second game, he ran for 89 yards. So what if he rolls that all together into one game? What if we get rushing and passing against Houston? It's certainly possible. Houston's secondary is is competent. It's not great. It's competent. And the Niners receivers are dramatically better than anybody, basically, that Houston's seen all year. And Lance has got the big arm. All he needs to do is a couple of deep connections and a couple of rushes, get the ball into the hands of Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, let them do something special. You can find your way to a good game with Trey Lance on the ground and through the air. I like it. Let's go to the running back position. Matt. I've got a double up here. I've got the gatekeeper, Ronald Jones, and the key master, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Wait, we can do doubles again? Yeah, I'm doing sure. a double then. <laughs> Jones is the more obvious one here. He's rostered in 83% of the leagues, but Vaughn is widely available and startable in a pinch against the Jets because the Jets are terrible against the run. How terrible are they? 
They're more terrible against the run than Charge's attitude when we even try to say the words plus or minus on this show. <laughs> quiet, you. They're more terrible against the run than Scott Fish is with the food pyramid. <laughs> They're more That's terrible good. against the run than Matt was in the Big Boar Guillotine League. Oh. They're even worse than Colin McCockney. Oh, boy. Oh, Running backs are averaging 166 combo yards and two scores a game against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, that was my Rodney Dangerfield attempt. Yeah, really for, was for right the, there. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, you're running back. Scott, you're taking a chance of your running back. I'm going with Boston Scott, and apparently I'm going to add Jordan Howard to it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> why wait, not? wait, wait. Boston, what's his nickname? <laughs> I don't know. Boston Bo- Market. Boston Scott. Market Scott. He's the, he's the only fully healthy back right now for this team. With uh, Sanders is out with a broken hand. Howard has a stinger, and Kenneth Gainwell has an ankle injury. So, And he was very useful, very productive in his lone starts. If Jordan Howard does go, they both might be usable. This mm-hmm. is a, this is an Eagles team that lit up Washington for 200 yards in their last out. And over the last couple of weeks, Washington D has been free falling against the run. They've allowed a couple touchdowns, a bunch of 60 and 100 yard rushers. Um, good spot for both of them. But I like Boston Scott a little bit more. Howard is top 56 total yards in every game in which he's seen the field. Yeah. And so if he is, he gets if he a lot is of stripe the, work, too. He does. Who doesn't like stripe work? We all do. Stripe work. Does he have a nickname? Jordan Stripe Stripe Work Howard. Howard. I like it. All right. We'll we'll go with that. Uh, I'm going with uh, Do You Dare to Start Dare Ungunbawale. Dare to Dream. How, dare to dare da, to dream. Dare to dream. <laughs> We're workshopping on the fly. Dare to dream. Ogun, dare oh, uh, oh, Jordan Howard's nickname was the bulldozer. It was. Well, it makes sense. I guess I, to whom? I, I don't know. I, I like the striper. This is from 2000. Striper's way better. Wait. All right. After Robinson left with the, the torn Achilles last week, Dare Agumbawale played every offensive snap except one. He put up 72 total yards on a score last week. They gave him 19 touches in a reserve role. Yeah. So this is they obviously will have no hesitancy to use him copiously against the Jets. Arguably the worst run defense in the league. Sorry, the Patriots. The, the Jets last week. Worst run, one of the worst run defenses in the league. You wouldn't think it. They're giving up the sixth most total yards. 153 per game to opposing running backs. They don't give up a ton of touchdowns here, but anybody who's having that much success on the ground has got a chance to score. Now, you may remember Dare to Dream <laughs> Ogunbowale had a similar role at the end of last year. They had to go to him in a pinch, and he performed well there. Here's another opportunity. Just to pile on, he was a great pass catcher in uh, in Tampa a few years ago, and the Pats are missing four linebackers on COVID. Oh, there we go. That Another opportunity. There you go. Another reason to dare to dream. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the wide receiver position, Matt. Uh, I've got Devontae Carnival Parker. Uh, Parker has played in two consecutive games. Well, sorry, Parker has not played in two consecutive games <laughs> since week three and week four. There's too Is that many true? Wow, here. I would not have guessed yeah. that. Okay. Uh, but he's had at least 77 yards or a score in three of his last four games mm. played. They've been spaced out a bit, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this week he gets a Titan secondary that could be missing starting cornerback Jackrabbit Jenkins, and that's not a nickname with an ankle injury. See, and it is a nickname that he's turned into his full name. That's true. And I think that's sort of weird. And uh, Did he go to the DM? And they're like, well, um, you know, I think you got to go to the judge. You can't go to the DMV. 
DMV and change, just your change name. it there. Nope. Okay. Uh, then it and and backup busted screen door who's mm. currently on the COVID list. So uh, he's going to probably see Christian Fulton. Uh, Fulton gave up seven catches for 133 yards in his coverage just last week against San Francisco. So fire up Devontae Parker. Your t- is that his full name? Carnival Parker. <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Scott, you're taking a chance to be a wide receiver. I'm going to go with Noah, nicknamed Fant. Uh, (laughs) The Chargers team has allowed the second most receiving yards. Works on so many levels. (laughs) And the the second most receiving yards and the second most scores to tight ends. And, oh, they have Jerry Judy on COVID, Tim Patrick on COVID, and Sutton is likely to be on COVID by the time possibly you're listening to this. So they're going to have very few other options to go to. I am using Arizona wide receiver Christian Captain Kirk. Oh boy! Uh huh. Yeah. As he that works. It does. As, as <laughs> he's been the lead. all the listeners are. Please stop this. He, now. He's been the leading. Receiver. Every time I'm on this show, Charge does a Star Trek reference. I don't know what's with him. <laughs> he's been the leading receiver since DeAndre Hopkins was placed on injured reserve, and he is going to go Kobayashi Maru <laughs> on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he is. Kirk has at least nine wow. targets and seven catches in each of these games without DeAndre Hopkins. He's averaging 71 yards. And you might think, oh, but Charge, we can't start anybody against the <laughs> likes of, of, of Trayvon Diggs. He's too good. But what do we always remind people on this show? Trayvon Diggs allowed more yardage in his coverage yeah. than any cornerback. And Kirk works out of the slot a lot. And there he faces Anthony Brown, who's allowed the third most yardage in his coverage. Christian, Captain, Kirk is our final take a chance at me player. Charge, we're never going to remember this, but I think that we should always give a nickname to every take a chance on me player from now on. But we're not going to remember it because it's the last show of the year. We're going to need a listener right. to remind us. Please do. Put it, somebody put this in your calendar for next uh, for next August and remind us that, that we've talked about doing this but have not committed to yes. doing this. Uh, all right, let's work to, through a couple more matchups. Raiders take on the Colts. Matt, you already told us you like Derek Carr in this one. So that means you must like at least some of his receivers. Some of them. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been clamped down by a couple of good secondaries in Cleveland and Denver over the last two weeks. Uh, the Colts have actually been one of the best secondaries in the league against wide receivers in the last month and change. In their last four games, wide receivers have averaged as a group only 93 total receiving yards, mm. and they've only allowed one total touchdown to a wide receiver in the last four weeks. With that, I can't give Renfro more than a C grade, but I hope the volume goes up here. Darren Waller landed on the COVID list on Wednesday, which means he has a very outside chance to play Sunday. If he does go, he gets an A grade. If he doesn't go, Foster Kobayashi Moreau <laughs> becomes start-worthy against with a C grade here because the Colts have allowed the most receptions and yards to the tight end position this season. The only other Raider to start is uh, Josh Jacobs. He's back to bell cowing, only gets a C grade here, 28 touches last week. The one back has topped, only one back has topped 60 rushing yards against the Colts in their last seven games. They have given up a fair amount of receiving work, though, in the last month to opposing backs, and Jacobs has been a very good receiver in the latter half of the year. Mm. Jonathan Taylor, he gets the fantasy aardvark. Ooh. 
That's pretty easy. He's the best running back in football, and it's one of the worst run defenses in yes. football. We don't need to even expand on that. Carson Wentz has an outside chance of playing Sunday after landing on the COVID list if he does clear the protocols. But either way, I'm leaving the Colts quarterback on the bench. If it's not Wentz, it's Sam Ellinger. But the Raiders are great against the pass and porous against the run. Wentz has only topped 225 yards once in his last six games. And Michael Pittman's the only other guy we need to mention. He gets a C-grade. I consider downgrading him if Ellinger does start, but in that scenario, I think it's a pass funnel to only Pittman. Uh, And only three wide receivers have hit the 100-yard mark on the Raiders all year. They've allowed the third fewest touchdowns to the position. If you have another option, play your other option, but he's still seaworthy. Um, Scott, I'm guessing we can get Jaguars Pats done in like yep. two and a half minutes. So let's Less. try to squeak it into this segment, if you would. Yeah. So the only startable grade I had for the entire Jags team was Dario Gumbawale. Had a C grade on Dari him. to dream. Yes, Dari to dream a Gumbawale. Uh, the whole pass game, the Pats are top four against QBs, wide receivers, and tight ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are 12th easiest for running backs, though. So I had, I had a starting grade on Gumbawale. On the other side, I have Mac Jones on the bench. We've talked uh, at length for the last few weeks about how the Jags D has has held down opposing, you know, quarterbacks and yeah. wide receivers and whatnot. In the last seven weeks, only Stafford topped 210 passing yards against the Jags. Uh, so I have Jones on the bench. Uh, I don't think they're going to run a lot. Also, I think or pass a lot. I think the game script will be them ahead, so they won't have to pass. So I have Jones on the bench. I have a C grade on Jacoby Myers with Nelson Aguilar out and Kendrick Bourne on COVID. Yeah. Who else is he going to oh, throw sure. to? Well, Maybe Janu? Yeah, right. <laughs> Finally. Johnny? Finally. C- By the way, Josh McDaniel saying this week, we've we've dramatically underutilized Johnny yes. Smith, to which yes. I'm like, duh. <laughs> but it's another another week. It was another week, another five to six catch game for Myers, another eight plus targets for Myers, mm-hmm. and no scores because he, you know, just doesn't do that. But you're getting a four to six catch guy with 40 to 80 yards. That's a C grade there for Myers. I have Henry on the bench. Last week is why Henry is so tough to start. If he does not score, which he's done a lot of times, like seven, eight yeah. times this year, when he does not score, he completely tanks your team. Right. I don't want to start him in a championship week, especially against the defense. That has allowed one tight end touchdown since week five, and that was Kittle. Uh, in the running game, Harrison Stevenson, I have C grades on both. Stevenson's off COVID. He's going to play. He might be a little run down. He was fatigued at, at practice whatnot. We are seeing um, some of that Her- where, you know, some guys snap right back and mm-hmm. others others are fatigued and and – you know, yeah, the the quotes from uh, what was it, Brandon Cooks, about how tired he was on the field. Yes. Uh, yeah, yep. and Tyree Kill. Yeah, said um, yes. Um, I have a secret on both though. Harris is questionable. He's going to go though. We saw him play last week with that injury. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great grand. Great game script with them ahead. They'll run both runners. The Jags are ten top ten against running backs, but I see them both getting ten plus touches. So I have secrets. All right, that makes sense to me. I think you can probably use both guys when we come back. Chiefs take on the Bengals. They, you know, to start the obvious guys, I'm fascinated by Daryl Williams. We'll tell you what to do about him and whether or not Joe Burrow will maintain the hot hand from last week, 500 yards and four touchdowns against a much tougher defense. Obviously another 500 oh, yards. He's going to double it. He's going to double it. A thousand yards and eight touchdowns coming your way. Sure. We'll tell you what to expect from some of the trickier plays out of this matchup when we come back to Fantasy Football Weekly.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian with you. My co-hosts today are Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Paul Charchian. Matt Harrison is at Explosive Output. That's and true. Scott Fish is at Scott Fish 24. Because mm-hmm. apparently there were 23 others who had already been at Scott Fish. And Griffey Jr., man. Uh, and and Ken Griffey Ken Jr. Griffey took Jr. your took, yeah, he took, took Scott handle. Fish. That's really <laughs> no, really mean of him to do he that. He made burgers of all the Scott uh, Fish are, one through twenty three. Are you talking about Ken Scott Fish <laughs> Griffey Jr.? Right, that's right. <laughs> uh, Chiefs take on the Bengals. You know what to do with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. They all return to obvious A status, uh, probably anyway. Bengals have given up big passing games to Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh Johnson in the past three weeks, and Mahomes just put up a very good game without Kelsey and mostly without Hill and now back. Although Hill says he's still not totally over COVID yet. So a little bit of caution there, but you're going to start those guys and I've got a grades and all of them. Uh, let's talk about the trickier play, which I think is Daryl Williams. Clyde Edwards, Alaire's out and in games he's missed Daryl Williams averaging 19 touches, 94 total yards and half a score per game. Pretty solid numbers. Bengals allowing the fifth fewest rushing yards, but the fourth most receptions and the fifth most receiving yards to opposing backs. And Williams is a capable receiver. And he's the probable goal line back for any running opportunities that may present themselves. So I've got a B grade on Daryl Williams. Derek Gore is tricky because last week he got a bunch of usage and a blowout win. I don't see a blowout win coming, and I don't trust him to get anywhere near the same kind of usage. So will he be on the field? Yes, maybe at a goal line situation because he is a bigger back, but I don't think you want to start Derek Gore in a championship week, and we're not going to – I love Byron Pringle, but we're not going to chase his two touchdowns from last week. You mean Byron stacks Pringles? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Stacks are better than Pringles. That is a straight – Fact. I agree. And the people, I'm with you. the people that are Pringles supporters have never had stacks. No, stacks they don't, are excellent. They, They're thicker, I, or they don't like crispiness. Yo, who doesn't like crispy? I know they're so. And crispy stacks are plenty delicious. crispy too. And I, I don't understand. See, the stack is thicker. Yeah. 
and a little saltier, uh-huh. I like it better. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the Cincinnati side. <laughs> Hungry now. Uh, let's start with uh, Joe Mixon, just get his uh, bit out of the way here. He is an A grade. His 82% snap share last week tells you that he's finally back to full health, and I think he, he came back to a big role in the passing game as well, which I liked. He's got a positive matchup here against a Kansas City team that has struggled against backs lately over their last four games. Kansas City allowing 170 total yards per game to the position, which would be second most if we applied that over a full season. So I like Joe Mixon a lot in this game, A grade. Now, let's go to Joe Burrow. Obviously, the monster game last week against an injury-ravaged Ravens secondary, but he's going to go... 180 degrees here against a much, much tougher defense. As a reminder, prior to last week's explosion from Joe Burrow, he had thrown zero or one touchdown in five of the previous six games. Here comes Kansas City. They've allowed the second fewest fantasy points per pass attempt over the last six weeks. And since week six, no opposing quarterback has managed to top 270 yards. And no quarterback has topped two touchdowns since all the way back in week five. I think two touchdowns is your upside on Joe Burrow in this game. And one touchdown might be more likely. And he's got a B grade. Let's go to T. Higgins, my preferred receiver out of the group here. He ranks second only to Cooper Cup in receiving yards since week 12, and he's tied for second with four touchdowns in that span. He's going to face Traverius Ward and Mike Hughes on the outside. They've allowed just one score between them in the last three games. Most of the wide receiver damage that's being done to Kansas City is coming in garbage time of 30-point blowouts, and that's not likely to happen here, so I do have some trepidation, but T. Higgins so hot. Over the last month, I've got to maintain so the A Higgins. grade. So we're going to keep him at A. Joe hot Higgins? Yeah. No, I was thinking we need a Hansel, uh, you know, Hansel so hot right now. Button bar. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Zoolander. Hansel or... Did, you know Zoolander I didn't see Zoolander. So. <laughs> Man. I can't help you on that. All right. Um, Paul Rudd seems pretty cool, though, and he loves fantasy football. So, mm-hmm. no, it wasn't Paul Rudd. He that was it was uh, That's Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he likes he fantasy, love fantasy football. football. Maybe he plays in Paul Rudd's league. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, you you assume they're friends because they've Let's been in movies together. Let's just start making rumors. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Jamar Car Chase. There you go. We'll go with it. Uh, is clearly the number two option in this offense, and his box scores have been wildly inconsistent. Many of the same defensive worries I've got for Higgins apply to Chase because Chase is also on the outside. You're going to see the same guys here. Um, There's a good secondary. It's giving up very little. So I've got to be great on Chase just because of the upside that he brings. But I, I really toyed for a long time with making him a C, and I'm worried about Chase in this game. Tyler Boyd is a C grade. He's now eclipsed 85 yards and or scored in three of the past four games, which I like. He'll see Legereus Sneed out of the slot, and he's been good. He's given up just one score in his last eight games. Your glimmer of hope is that Snead has allowed a 70% catch rate in that stretch of the last eight games, but not touchdown. So maybe Tyler Boyd will help you out that way. Let's uh, move on to our next matchup, which is the Bucks taking on the Jets, Matt. And for this one, Ronald Jones coming off a big workload last week and a juicy matchup this week. You're talking about the gatekeeper? Yeah, he I, and the key master right. were my take a chance on me runners. That's right. You went one-two on that. Uh, Jones gets Thank a you. B. Vaughn gets a C. Uh, Tom Brady, he gets a B grade. It's so easy to run on the Jets that they've faced the seventh fewest passing attempts this year. Mm. But they've also allowed the seventh most passing yards this year. 
Brady, by the way, has 21 career multiple passing touchdown games against the Jets in his Dang, career. That's a 21. lot. Uh, Antonio Brown gets an A, stepped right back into relevancy last week with 15 targets, 10 catches, 101 yards against Carolina. Marvin Jones and Devontae Parker have both had good fantasy days against the Jets in the last two weeks. Both were target hogs for their respective teams, which I think Brown would be again this week. So I'm feeling that Brown's going to Brown's gonna really take it to him because Mike Evans, I don't think he's going to go. No, um, almost he, certainly not. He did clear COVID protocols, still dealing with a hamstring injury, was only a limited participant in practice on Thursday. And Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times reported that he looked fatigued catching passes from practice squad quarterback Ryan Griffin. If Evans is active, but you have other options, I'd play them over Evans, but I'll give him a C grade, but it's the lowest C I can give, though. Which is a C grade. Thank you. As Continue on. It's C. <laughs> How about that? Rob Gronkowski, uh, I I want to leave him on the bench, but I'm going to give him a C grade. The Bucks have removed Gronk from the game plan once the game is out of reach in the last couple of weeks, taking hits and mileage off his body kind of saving him for the playoff run in last week's blowout win in Carolina. Gronk was only targeted twice, but he was still on the field for 90% of the snaps. So they're just kind of having him run out into the pasture and not get hurt. Yeah. Uh, I see him suiting up. I see him playing. The Jets are bottom 12 in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to the tight end. So I will give him a C grade. Zach Wilson on the other side. Several members of the Bucks secondary look like they're going to miss this game. Sean Murphy Bunting, Richard Sherman, Jamel Dean, and Antoine Winfield. Nobody's starting Zach Wilson in their championship game. Uh, he's had a stretch of four decent games in the last five mm-hmm. weeks, including four rushing touchdowns in there. But no, keep him on the bench, and you're benching Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios in a championship, too. Also, Michael Carter, he's on the bench. His snap counts Ooh. and touch totals are Surprise back up. Level. But Tampa's defense is just too tough against the run. They allow an average of 52 rushing yards and one-third of a rushing score per game. That's just not enough for Michael Carter here. All right, let's get into our final matchup of this segment. Broncos taking on the Chargers. Uh, Scott, it's a backup quarterback throwing to his number four, five, and six wide receivers in this game. So... I assume the Broncos are going to be looking really just to run it's, the ball. It's also a backup quarterback that only had 153 scoreless yards last yeah, week and doesn't did not help. look good. Right. Yeah, the whole passing game is on the bench. I have C grades on both Williams and Gordon. I actually had a B grade on Williams before all these wide receiver COVID issues. Now I just don't think they'll be able to move the ball very well. Mm-hmm. So the, the the opportunities at the stripe, why do I keep using stripe for a goal? Know, you're very stripe heavy today. We're using a lot of nicknames and a lot of the stripe talk. Um, <laughs> you I already used Stripe as a nickname once, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I don't want you to get through this and go, well, well Jamal Stripe Williams. Uh, yeah, everybody's Stripe. Last week, they bo- both both of these runners kind of killed you, but Williams at least saved you with a little bit of a touchdown there. Uh, that was one of the only games where they didn't both give you flex-worthy numbers. I think they get back to it this week because this is, this is the only part of their offense that's going to be able to function very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have C grades on both because – they went back last week to splitting everything right down the middle. Snaps, touches, basically everything. Uh, the Chargers have allowed the second most touchdowns of running backs on their way to being the fifth easiest matchup against the position. But again, I don't think they'll move the ball very well. So C grades on them. On the other side, I only have a B grade on Justin Herbert. 300-plus uh, yards and or multiple scores in all but two games. 
Uh, he hit both those marks last time against Denver, but Denver on defense lately have held four straight quarterbacks to varying levels of under 220 yards, mm-hmm. and they only had three touchdowns between those four quarterbacks. It's a better defense, and I also think they'll get ahead and not need to pass quite as much. Yeah. So with Keenan Allen, also a B grade on that because I don't think they'll need to pass that much. And Broncos sit top 10 against wide receivers on the season. Although Bryce Callahan, yes, their Bryce slot Callahan cornerback, is going to miss this game. Is going to miss it. Allen had 7 for 85 last time. Mm-hmm. I can see him running into an A grade, but I think he's safer placed as a B grade guy. They've allowed 70 plus to five different guys who run from the slot. I think that's about where Allen probably ends up. Uh Let's see here. Let's go with Williams. C grade on Williams, but I don't blame you for wanting to bench him in your championship game because he had a really bad middle of the season. But over the last five weeks, he had three good fantasy days. Mm -hmm. His bad ones are like four for 39, three for 49. In PPR, that's like eight points. Yeah, but that ain't going to get it done. Yeah, but that was two of them. The other three were really good days. All right. So I have a C grade on him, but it is risky. I wouldn't blame you for benching him. Austin Eckler, I have an A grade back on. He seems healthy. He's done interviews where he looks completely healthy. He's he's gonna in get the interview. Goal. Well, I hope so. He's the one that told everyone to start Justin Jackson last week. I, I, I hey, reporter, him. look how healthy kinda, I am. I kind no, no. He has a. Fantasy, I've got a glow about me. He has a Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. I know he does. Yeah, no, he does. But I think it's funny to say check that out he, my he hamstring. Looks, right, right, he looks healthy in the interview. Yeah, I I meant he he's he seems he's talking we know. about his uh, yeah, the, the ankle still, he got, he got an extra week to heal up that ankle while he was out with COVID as well. So that's going to help. Um, you're not going to bench a guy that's number two at his position either. Bradley Chubb also out for Denver in the mm-hmm. middle, uh, middle of that core there. So decent spot for him. Yeah, that counts for something. Let's, uh, let's stay with those guys in, in our final moments, uh, that we've got in this, we've got maybe two more minutes in, in this segment, uh, Javante Williams draft position yeah. with and without Melvin Gordon on the team next year. I like that you phrase it that way because I think there's a decent chance they they pull him. I, they, they, they keep him. They keep him. Yeah. I think there's a decent chance they keep him too, which De- frustrates me. Depends on how much no they try end, to spend right? on a quarterback in the free. Well, free which agency. is a big issue, right? So yeah. the, you know, if they have to spend on a quarterback, they just spend a ton of money on right. all three of the receivers. So give me the draft position for Javante Williams if Melvin Gordon's gone. Uh, I think he's a middle of the first round, late first round kind of guy. Okay. I think he's top five. I think he's number two. Yeah. All right. If if Melvin Gordon is back, then where does Javante Williams go? Probably, I, probably slips into the second for me. I think I think someone on the back corner is going to take him in the second around that corner just because they because they don't believe Melvin Gordon exists. It's the same thing as Kyle Pitts this last year. There's someone in your league that's going to be super hyped on Javante Williams and hope for you know Gordon to crash. But you know that's awfully early. I mean, I you know, to, if you take if you're in the second round, you should be taking a sure thing player, be. right? You should be sure thing. You're old, you're gambling that Melvin Gordon gets hurt early in the season and stays hurt if you're taking Javante Williams in the second round. If they don't address draft. the quarterback position, I don't think I want anything to do with that Broncos offense either. They need to they need to upgrade there or else Javante Williams is gonna be stuck. Don't let don't let our Minnesota listeners hear you talking about Teddy Bridgewater that way. I wasn't talking about I was okay. talking about all of them, you know. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, that's it's this is a, it's a tricky one to follow, and it's going to be one that's going to be very interesting to see. My hope is that Melvin Gordon costs too much for the Broncos, 
and that he finds himself on some other team that's got a little more money. He won't be super expensive, but he'll probably be like, you know, four or five million dollars, and that might be more than the Broncos have an appetite for. Could be. Maybe Melvin Gordon doesn't want to share backfield either. There, there were reports of that when when Philip Lindsay was there that he didn't love sharing the backfield with the fan favorite that was from that state. Yeah, that so. which would make sense. And as Devontae well. will be yeah. the fan favorite again. Tons of sh- uh, of new news coming out all of the time towards up to Sunday. Be sure to keep up on all the player rankings. Go to guillotineleagues.com. I've got all my player ratings available for free. We're keeping up with all of the absurd amount of news and information that's out there with all of the latest COVID and injury information. We'll help you set your lineup one last time during championship week. Hour number two of Fantasy Football Weekly coming up next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Number two, Fantasy Football Weekly. I am Paul Charchian. My co-hosts are Matt Harrison and Scott Fish. Thank you for joining us. A reminder, this is our last full two-hour version of Fantasy Football Weekly. But Fantasy Football Weekly continues on every week of the season. You want to be sure to get the podcast. Subscribe. Fantasy Football Weekly, please. And rate and review the show while you're at it. We always appreciate that. We we care about what you think. It doesn't sound like we care, but actually, we, we really do care. This is a segment we like to call Three Tough Questions. Tough question number one. What is the one off-season rule change that every league should consider? Matt. I'm not kidding about this. I had two really weird dreams last night. The first one, I was at a butcher shop. Someone handed my son a suitcase full of $100,000. But in the second one, I was dreaming about this tough question. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm not kidding. My answer in this was the top five teams make the playoffs in your league. Then the remaining six seed, those teams, all the teams in your league who are not in the playoffs, they get together and they play a game of Texas Hold'em poker. (laughs) And you get as many chips as the amount of points you scored for the season. Uh. Now, that sounds fun, but I don't think many leagues could handle that. So I will say, if you don't do any of the one following thing, make one of these changes. Add a super flex to single quarterback leagues. Do an auction instead of a draft unlimited IR spots, or use free agent blind bidding next year. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was four or five answers I, I into st- one. I stayed okay. away from those because I feel like the free agent bidding, the don't do your championship see, the see, last week are just way but, too obvious. But I think that we in our leagues 
have all gone to that way, and it's way too obvious for us. But I think of, of yeah. the bulk of our listeners probably aren't playing but, with all of those. By settings. the way, the, uh, the, the auction thing. Uh, so with you, I was talking on I was talking on the Fantasy Pros podcast last week that pe- people want fab line bidding. They want they love auctions over snakes. Yet so many people do their rookie drafts as snake drafts instead of auctions. Grow a pair, grow up. <laughs> I like it. Become a big boy. Yeah. And do your rookie draft as a rookie auction. I love it. Um, I love it. Give everybody, give everybody a chance to swing and miss at Trevor Lawrence, yeah. just like the Jaguars yeah. did. The, the, the worst team gets the most money still. They get right. over twice the money. But at least they can take shots at multiple guys if mm-hmm. they want to. If they So what is the up. answer to the question anyway, here? Here's where, I'm, here's where I went. It's, I went simple. Just add more flexes and reduce your required positions just a tad. Not too much because you, you don't want inhi- to inhibit trading. But just a little bit to, add, to make more flexibility for roster construction and mm-hmm. dealing with injuries and illnesses. More flex. Pull back the roster requirements a little bit. Um, you guys hit on several of my favorite mandatory rules, but I'm going to touch on one you guys did not say. Ooh, no trade vetoes. No, oh, yeah, you've got trade sure. veto yeah. in your league. Get rid of that albatross right now. Yeah, that is incredibly unfair and, and stupid. Other teams have no business voting whether or not two consenting team owners should make a deal. Get rid of that. People always say collusion. I'm like, that's a different issue. Deal with collusion. The commissioner deals yeah, with right. the collusion. collusion. Right. Yeah. If you have collusion, that's not even a trade veto situation. No. It's nothing to do with vetoing exactly. a trade. Don't even bring that up. Tough question number two. Give me the order of the first the that the first four tight ends should be drafted in next year. Oh. Give me the order the first Should four or will? Well, you're, you're, I yeah, want, th- show, I want your opinion. You, I want your will. Different. I did give you will. I want, yeah. you, I want to know what you should do. <laughs> I was going to say, those are two I very different I want to know what you questions. should do. <laughs> okay, so will do, I put Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, Pitts, because I think that's how it's going to go down. What they should do, however, is Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Pitts. All right, so you're flipping him. You're if you're going Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Pitts. I, I like I like Andrews a little more going okay. forward. I think I, you could you could talk me into switching Pitts and Kittle too. Just like I think we saw Pitts is not here to this talk year. you into anything. Right yeah, now. I think we saw Pitts is floor this year. So yeah, and, Pitts went four this year. Uh, right. No, I'm saying I'm, I think we've seen just about his floor oh, this his year. Floor. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Hawkinson and Waller, they just they burn too many people, too many concerns. And Knox and Fryermuth, I love them, but that's getting a little too cute. <laughs> Matt, give me the order that the first four tight ends should be drafted in next year. Uh, well, I, I got Kelsey first, and because I can hear Charge saying next summer, yeah. Do you know who has ever regretted taking Travis yeah. Kelsey? No one. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey and Andrews is um, huge. Number two, I, I for Will, I had Andrews, but should I think it's Kittle uh, because on a per game basis, I think he's the scariest tight end in the league. And if you catch him on the year that he stays healthy and puts it all together, yeah. then you've got Debo Samuel. Is, you've got Debo Samuel if he stays healthy. Uh, number yeah. three, uh, who should be taken third is Mark Andrews because fantasy football is filled with sheep, and we just follow last year's stats. Currently, Mark Andrews is the number one tight end, but it's all on those touchdowns, and they can be a little fluky. Mm-hmm. And then He's number had four, seven plus touchdowns three years in a row. I have They're Kyle not fluky Pitts. For him. Uh, because we all are going to say that there's positive regression coming on that one touchdown he scored this year, and the fact that he's a top eight tight end in basically every scoring format with just that one score. 
Um, I've still got Travis Kelsey number one. Yeah. And I understand the thinking about getting out a year too early than a year too late. You know, I was thinking about this when I mm-hmm. wrote your quote, your quote that you always say, who's regretted ever taking Travis Kelsey? No yeah. one. That always happens the year that we should get out <laughs> on that guy. Uh, I swear to God, it does. The reason I'm sticking it out one more year <laughs> is because Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And none of the rest of these guys have got quarterbacks that are anywhere even in this ballpark. And, nope. and let's be flat out honest. We have eyeballs. We watch him play. Like Kelsey, that 149-yard game, the game-winning. Does yes, he look leaving. like yeah, he, he slowed looks fine. at all? Yeah, he looked fine. He hasn't slowed. Uh, Mark Andrews is second. He, no matter who the quarterback is, and I think there's a way better chance than other people do that it's not Lamar Jackson. Then George Kittle, when healthy, he's the league's best yep. tight end. And then Kyle Pitts. Third in yes. targets, six in receptions, third in yards. Touchdowns will come yep. in time. So, yeah, I honestly, I... Your question confused me because I don't see an avenue for anyone but those four. Should have gone five deep. Yeah. Then I think it, I probably would have put Waller in next. I, I probably think. would have put Hawkinson, but I have no problem with Waller. I would have gone Waller. Tough question number three. Next year's draft. It's the fourth round and you need a wide receiver. And here's DK Metcalf available. Are you drafting him? Matt, we begin with you. Well, it's Russell Wilson's worst season to date, and Metcalf still ranks 14th in standard leagues and 21st in PPR leagues amongst wide receivers. And if you're drafting properly, you're probably drafting some safe guys in the first two to three rounds, and then you start swinging for some upside in round four and beyond. And Metcalf really has that wide receiver one overall upside uh, if, if he has someone throwing him the ball. Maybe Wilson's gone next year and there's a new quarterback in town. Maybe Wilson's hand injury was actually the thing that tanked his season, and he's back to full health yet next year. So, yes, I will take him in the fourth. Scott, are I, you taking – it's the fourth round. You need a wide receiver. DK Metcalf's there. You're taking him. I think this is interesting because the way I see it, I think Metcalf's year has been so disappointing, I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be – surprised if he slips further than the fourth round next year last the last year in the fourth round we saw guys like higgins and or not higgins but like uh uh cd lamb and stuff we're going in the mm-hmm. fourth the robert what like really productive yeah. players were going in the fourth cooper round. cup and some people yeah based on people have told me on twitter not in my leagues yep. but yeah yeah i got him in the third in most leagues but he was going in the fourth in a lot of leagues mm-hmm. super productive guys are going in the fourth round i yeah. think dk slips further I don't know that I love him because I think this year it's going to be guys like Higgins and Waddle and stuff like that that go in the fourth, and I'd probably rather have them. I'd rather have DK in like the fifth or sixth. So, even, no. even, even Godwin with his injury is going to slip to the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, it could year. be. So, um, no is no, what you're saying. Probably not. Um, the answer, the correct answer is hell no. <laughs> I want consistent production yeah. above all else, and this is the opposite of what he's given us through his entire career. And we don't you know want consistent production in yes. the fourth Who's round? Yes, I do. You want consistent- Chris Godwin is consistent production. That's what I want. And I don't want a guy who's going to disappear for long stretches of, of seasons. This year, he has scored one time in the previous seven games. He hasn't topped 60 yards since week seven. Last year, DK Metcalf had almost the exact same scoring drought with one touchdown in six games. We have no idea whose quarterback's going to be. That's it's not going to be Russell Wilson, I don't think. And it probably won't be anybody <laughs> better than Russell Wilson. This is there. I think they're much more likely to melt down this roster than they are to try to find a quarterback improvement I on agree. Russell Wilson. So that's going backwards as well. And at some point, it just doesn't matter how good your wide receiver looks, looks with his shirt off. That's just not relevant. No is the correct answer. I traded DK Metcalf for Javante Williams this year. 
in the league. Dynasty league. Oh, jeez. It's going to be weird when Aaron Rodgers is a Seahawk. <laughs> Eagles take on the Washington football team. Let's. This will not take very long. Let's start with. Uh, let's start. With, and I'll, as a reminder, the dual take a chance on me is for of Boston Scott and Jordan Howard from Scott Fish earlier in this show. You mean Striper? Striper. And that, that, Striper and, and, and Boston Market. That's right. Jeez. <laughs> they both have C grades for me in this game. If Howard doesn't go, elevate Boston yes. Scott to a B grade in I, this game. Yep. I think I'm 24th. At running back, if Howard both of them, if, if Howard doesn't go, oh, you have that, Scott up to twenty fourth. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Let's go to the passing game. Jalen Hurts in the three games prior to last week, Washington had allowed a very modest per game average of two hundred fifty two passing yards and half a passing touchdown. That's it. So they had been playing well prior to last week when they obviously got totally blown up, but they were also decimated by COVID. That includes a 296-yard, one-touchdown passing game for Jalen Hurts in Week 15, just two weeks ago. He ran for two touchdowns in that game, but now he's got the bulky ankle. And last week, he only had two <laughs> rushes. So I don't know what if, – if Jalen Hurts is not going to run for much of anything, mm-hmm. and I just have to rely on his arm, that is a super sketchy proposition. Yeah. Now, his, his ankle should be better one week later, mm-hmm. so I think he'll have some of the mobility back. So I'm putting him into the B range here. Which is a little nebulous. The, but I'm yeah, B range, a B range, huh? B. I'm giving him a B. <laughs> there, the range a, is there's, it's there's a whole wide range of Bs here. There is. <laughs> there's a giant range in the Bs here. It's B for <laughs> Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Dallas Goddard is my preferred uh, target of his. He destroyed Washington two weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and although again they had a lot of COVID at the time, but even so. Washington has yielded big games to quality tight ends all year, including Dalton Schultz last week who went bananas on him. Then Devontae Smith is the only other receiver I think you want to consider here. Over the last five games, again, COVID has marred some of that. The football team's allowed the second most yards to wide receivers, 190 per game, and they've given up five touchdowns to the position over those five games. Uh, during that same span, they've allowed four receivers to top 82 yards or more. If it's going to be any wide receiver to top 82 yards, Smith is the only candidate for the Eagles. He comes in with a C grade. Um, on the Washington side, Antonio Gibson's out. We're not starting any part of this pass of the passing game, including uh, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen as well, regardless of who goes here. And it might be a split quarterback scenario, according to Ron Rivera. Okay, that's never good. <laughs> you can take Ron Rivera out of Carolina, but you, you can't, can't take Carolina out of <laughs> Ron a, Rivera. That's, that's a great point. That was guys are on the bench, and so is Terry McLaurin. In his Terry. last <laughs> poor Terry, in his last eight games. Eight games, it's half a season. Yeah. He's top 60 no, yards once. I disagree with you on this. I think you dropped Terry McLaurin. Oh, <laughs> sabotage. Drop Terry Have McLaurin. Have pick him up. I like it. The only one receiver has posted more than 65 yards against the Eagles in the last six games. And in honor of the holidays, Terry McLaurin's going to get the sleigh ride this week. Mm. Yep. It's the sleigh ride, a brutal one-on-one matchup with Darius Slay, pro football focuses, third-ranked quarterback. I love it. Let's sabotage drop yeah. Terry McLaurin. Then the last guy to talk about is Jared Patterson. You're starting running back for Washington. Um, he is expected to start with Antonio Gibson, sidelined with COVID. 
missing Eric Flowers from the offensive line. Yeah, that's almost addition by subtraction. <laughs> that's uh, true. Patterson has looked decent in spot duty throughout the year. He did score a touchdown against these same Eagles two weeks ago. Washington's offensive line is returning from COVID, which is good, and they are a- actually one of the best, one of the best run blocking offensive lines in football when healthy. Um, unfortunately, the Eagles' run defense is equally terrific, allowing the third-fewest rushing yards over the last three weeks, just 55 rushing yards per game and 3.1 yards per carry. That's it. J.D. McKissick is uh, sidelined on injured reserve, so you might be tempted to think that Jared Patterson will catch some passes, but he never catches any passes, and they will use Wendell Smallwood in that role instead. So just the C grade on Jared Patterson, which should be decent volume but in a tough matchup. Um. I think we're going to hold off on the next matchup. I was tempted to try to s- squeak it in, but let's just We do want to talk Dolphins maintain. and Titans oh, and a who, little I, bit oh. later. we got to let that marinate. You really do, because you're trying to figure out which Dolphin running back is going to get is going to get the work in any given week does take a lot of temple rubbing, mm. and I want to give you this, this entire break to rub temples. It's going to be... <laughs> Not mine. Your own, by the way. Just I'm imagining super, two people like that. Other, no. We're going to rub each other's you have, temples Look, together. you've got two temples on your head. You can use plural temples. I think and it's your the three of us temple. could get, get a, a temple sandwich temple going. I'm not rubbing temple temples with any of you line. losers. I'll tell you, you don't that want right a temple now. Sandwich? Yeah, we'll be back for more of this insanity in moments. This is definitely our last show. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian, Matt Harrison, and Scott Fish with you. There is copious amounts of temple rubbing Mm. happening in this studio right now as Matt Harrison tries to help you figure out which dolphin 
is going to be the one that you want to start this week, if any, against the Titans. What do you think? Uh, Tua, he can start him, I guess. I mean, I, I'm giving him a C grade. Uh, he's not the biggest producer via the air, but going through the air is the way to beat the Titans. Jimmy G was able to notch 322-1 and one last week. Mac Jones had 310-2 and two a couple of weeks ago. Even Trevor Simeon was able to muster 298-2. and two. The list goes on. Mediocre quarterbacks have been able to cobble some good stats. So a C for Tua, startable and super flex or two quarterback leagues. Mm. Jalen Waddell is an A, and Devontae Parker, I mean Devontae Carnival Parker, mm, was my right. take a chance on me, and he's C-worthy. Uh, Waddell has had eight or more catches in four of his last five games, and Waddell has topped 90 yards in three mm. straight games. Waddle spends about two-thirds of his time in the slot where he'll square off against Elijah Molden. Molden has a passer rating of 108 in his coverage this year. Ooh, advantage Waddle. Mike Gesicki, I have him squarely on the bench, hasn't scored since week seven, hasn't topped 55 yards since week seven, and the Titans are somewhat goodish against the tight end position, allowing an average of four catches and 35 yards to the position. Mm, that's uh, awesome. And then Duke Johnson is now splitting carries evenly with Miles Gaskin, yeah, so I both are you, on the you, bench. You're, you're, so, you're just, you, so you're copping out of this whole running back situation. Yeah, you're I'm saying out. just bench them all. Well, yep. Tennessee's also a really good run defense, so if it was one of them... Mm-hmm. You could maybe trust them with a C, but since it's both of them, they're both on the bench. All right. How about the Titans side? Uh, A.J. Brown gets an A. If you were ballsy enough to start him last Thursday, you're probably mm-hmm. still alive in your fantasy championship. 16 targets, 11 catches, 145 and a score. Julio and Nick westbrook Akeen are on the COVID list currently. I, I think Nick came off now. Oh, okay. That's good. I'm, I, I mean... It's still a pass funnel still, to, to yeah. A.J. Brown yeah, here. True. Dolphins are bottom 10 in receptions and yards allowed to the wide receiver position. Deonta Foreman, Jeremy McNichols, and Dontrell Hilliard Ugh. are basically in a three-way hot hand timeshare. And they're all on the bench because the Dolphins are great against the run. No running back has topped 73 yards on the ground against Miami since week four. Mm. And they haven't allowed a running back touchdown through land, sea, or air since nice. week six. All right. It's been a long, and the Dolphins would be very good at sea defense, by the way. <laughs> you, would, but you would think they porpoises. would. You would think so. <laughs> How do we not? I got every other animal on here. How come I don't have a dolphin sound in here? That's because I don't need one. I've got you. Excellent. (laughs) Matt Dolphin Harrison. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And Ryan Tannehill can't be trusted and can't be started. He's topped 213 yards once in his last seven games. Which is nothing, by the way. I was starting to talk Dolphin there for a little bit. Uh, In those seven games, he's thrown five touchdown passes total. Yeah. You're only in it for the rushing touchdown that you might get. Which is so weird. Yes. No, you don't want to start him. All right. So you're done, right? Yep. All right, let's go to Texans taking on the 49ers, Scott. Rex Burke had breakout game last week, getting yeah. a lot of work. Finally. Yeah. yeah. And so we, you know, we've actually got a Texan running back to talk about. Right. What do you right. think this week against the 49ers? Oh, you're talking about Tex Rex? I, I will say Oh, <laughs> Tex Rex. I like it. <laughs> uh Brandon Cooks was out for that one, so that, that may have helped a little bit. Uh yes, he did explode last week, but he's really owned the backfield for three straight weeks mm-hmm. right now. 
However, the 49ers D over the last seven weeks have allowed only one back over 60 yards, and that was due to a 67-yard fake punt right, right. <laughs> to Travis Homer. Otherwise, none of them have done it. And there's some good running backs in that span. Mm-hmm. James Robinson, uh, Mixon, Dalvin Cook, uh, Cordero Pet. Yeah, no, uh, not going to yeah, include him. Right. But wow. he's going to get a C grade here on sheer volume, uh, but don't expect high C-level flex numbers. <laughs> no ecto-coolers he's for him. He's, yes. Davis Mills, I got a C grade on. He's looked pretty good recently. He, no, he's looked very good. Imagine if, if the, the Vikings, draft were reheld today. Vikings take Davis over Mills mind. would be in the same cluster in the first half of the first round as these other guys were. Probably, yeah. I mean, right now, ask the Jets: Would they rather have Zach Wilson or Davis Mills? Ask the Jaguars: Would they rather have? They'd have to think about <laughs> it. They, they, right, at least think about it, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's not obvious answers to that. And and he's he's fighting for a job for next year. He wants he wants to take take hold of this job for next mm-hmm. year. So over the last five games. He's at 300-plus yards and or multiple scores in four of them, Yes, which is pretty dang good. The 49ers have allowed multiple scores in three of the last five, but they're not allowing a ton of passing yards. I think you can expect about a 225-240 day and a couple of scores. Uh, the game script should also be good here for Mills. They'll probably be behind. I have a C grade on Mills. Thought about making my take a chance on me, player. I don't blame I, I like him yeah, this week. I do, too. Brandon Cooks was out last week with COVID. Uh, but before that, he had seven plus catches and 100 plus yards in back to back. The top targeted receiver against the 49ers has scored seven touchdowns in the last five games. Jeez. Um, and I expect Brandon Cooks to be a 10 plus target guy yet yeah, again. I do. All of those guys against the 49ers had five plus catches and 60 plus yards. I have a B grade on Cooks. You could talk me into an A. Uh, on the other side, Trey Lance was your take a chance on me player. Mm-hmm. I also really like him this week. You mean would, laser I, Lance? Laser. I would have I would have had a B plus grade on him. <laughs> if there were such a thing, but yeah, there's he's, not, he's so a he's take a B grade. On me. Uh, Debo Samuels, I, I think he's an obvious A grade. He either gets it done through the air or the rushing. He has 16 targets in the last two weeks. That has come back. We were worried about that for a little while, Charge. That yeah. His targets had disappeared. Right. They're back. Thank God. So A grade on Debo, A grade on Kittle, which is just too obvious, like... He'll be the best tight end to face Houston, and even without that, Gasecki, Knox, Ertz all had top five, like top five tight end weeks against the Houston Texans. Right. Kittle in line for that there, too. Brandon Ayuk, I have a C grade on, but I really kind of want to bench him. The second receiver uh, has been about 50 yards each week against the Texans since week eight, so I expect maybe that's where Ayuk is going to land, but yeah. I'm not super comfortable of it. You know what? I'm actually I'm going to throw him on the bench. I, I just— All right. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, he's averaging about four for 50. He's probably going to land in that. I, I can see either way. In the running game, this one's super easy for me this week. Eli Mitchell is questionable. They think he's going to go. If he goes, I have a B grade on him because it's an awesome matchup against a bottom defense. Mm-hmm. But here are some of the concerns. Talk that he's been limited in practice. Talks this week are about him splitting with Wilson and Trey Lance keeps stealing goal line touchdowns earlier in the season. I can see him doing it this week too. I'm a little worried for Mitchell not scoring on that front. Okay, wait. However, let me jump in for a second. It seems like every time Elijah Mitchell's active, he's yes. the workhorse back exactly and that, you know there isn't a there has not been a split carry backfield really in this offense all year yep, that's where I'm going with this on the flip side he was injured and played uh, a few weeks ago and got 27 carries when yeah. he came into the game injured so your upside is a high a grade 
but I'm going to give him a B just on the concerns, but I think there's a good chance you get more than that if he does go. Yeah, he's inside my top 10 this week. I have, I have Wilson with a C grade if he goes. I think he's going to get just enough work. I'm a little hesitant. It's a really shaky C. If Mitchell doesn't go, I have a B grade on Wilson because the matchup's just too good. Rams take on the Ravens, and this is the same Ravens team that just gave up 525 passing yards and four touchdowns. It was five touchdowns at one point, but it got one of the touchdowns got called back. So that makes Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup obvious A's, but I'm only going to mention this about Cup to make it even better. The Ravens just got destroyed by slot receiver Tyler Boyd, and here comes Cooper Cup, who I think should be the league MVP this year. Yes, I mean, I think with Brian not here, you can give the last fantasy Fonzie oh, of the I, year oh, to God, Cooper let's, Cup. Hey, let's do it. Absolutely. Hey. Love it. Hell of a season by Cooper Cup. Where was this? And credit to you, Matt, for this preseason. You loved Cooper Cup. So did I. La- and so, we, all, we all liked yep. him. Matt, I think, was most vocal about it. The last year... I loved him last year and was talking him all up, but it was Jared Goff, and then he got dinged up for much of the year. <laughs> so it didn't come together last year like it did this year. Anyway, staying with the passing game, Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham are both Bs. Neither has put up really consistent yardage, but they're helping with touchdowns, and I think they can get both yardage and touchdowns in this game because the Ravens secondary is in such bad shape. They are allowing the fourth most yards, the third most touchdowns to wideouts, and they're without Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and very possibly Anthony Averett also out for this game. So we like him too. Putting Tyler Higby on the bench, he's getting very little use, and the Ravens have largely reversed in early season struggles against tight ends. Only two have scored since week seven. And then that brings us to Sony Michelle. Now, at full health, the Ravens are very tough run defense. Only Dalvin Cook has topped 71 yards against Baltimore. And prior to COVID falling on the Ravens, they had gone six straight games without allowing a running back to score. Fortunately, Sony Michelle's volume makes him a, a startable player anyway. Over the past four weeks, he's averaged 23 carries and 106 yards and half a touchdown per game. 23 carries would be more carries than any back has had against the Ravens all year. So I don't think he's going to get that much. But just through sheer volume, he is startable, and I've got a C grade on Sony Michel. Let's go over to Baltimore, and we will begin with the desolate running back position. Devonta Freeman's on the bench in your, your championship week, diminishing snap counts in four straight games, just six rushes last week, although it was a blowout. Uh, Rams allowing the six fewest rushing yards and the second lowest yards per carry to opposing backs. Do not start Devonta Freeman in this one. Let's go to the passing game. Doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's going to be able to go, and even if he does, his mobility would be seriously affected by the foot injuries. So then you're relying just on his arm. And remember, Lamar Jackson has thrown exactly one touchdown in nine of 12 games this year. So that brings us to Tyler Huntley, who looked good, honestly, to the point that I think that re-signing Lamar Jackson this next offseason is not a given for this team. I think I think Huntley has at least raised the question of whether or not you're put you're better off organizationally of giving Huntley low end starting money versus giving Lamar Jackson top three quarterback money, which is probably what he would demand. Back to Huntley in this game. Um LA has allowed just one passing touchdown in their last four games, which is not good. And it's not like the quarterbacks they've faced during that stretch of chopped liver. We're talking about Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins. 
That said, the only true rushing quarterback the Rams have seen all year was Murray, and he ran he, it, he ran average 50 rushing yards across the two games in which they played, and that could bode well for Huntley here too. It's pretty easy to envision a ground-air combo that gets Huntley into like top 10 quarterback territory, mm-hmm. so I've got a B grade on him. Mark Andrews, we're going to keep the A grade on because Huntley uh, – what is the you like to use this word funnel today? Mm-hmm. He's funneling mm-hmm. to Mark Andrews, so we'll 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 keep the funnel alive with an A grade there. Marquise Brown slumps all the way down to a C grade. He's now averaged fifty six scoreless yards in his last seven games. A brutal fall from grace for a guy who was scorching hot in the first half of the season. He'll face a Rams secondary that surrendered eight scores to receivers all season. That is second fewest in the league. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey likely going to be on Marquise Brown for much of this game. He hasn't practiced all week, too, yeah. with the illness. Yeah, uh, Brown has not. Yes. Yeah, so that could be another X factor here. So I've just got the C grade on Brown, but it's probably closer to a bench grade. But we'll give him a C because we work in full letters around here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our final matchup of the segment, Cardinals taking on the Cowboys, Matt. Yeah, let's start with Kyler Murray, who peaked in October, but I'm still giving him a B grade here. The Cowboys have allowed the ninth most passing yards per game at 258, and mobile quarterbacks have had some interesting days against Dallas. Taysom Hill had 101 rushing yards. Mm. Sam Darnold scored twice on the ground. Jalen Hurts was able to run for only 35, but his threat of running allowed him to pass for 326 and 2. James Conner hasn't practiced yet this week with a heel injury, although Cliff Kingsbury says he's a game-time decision. I'd be shocked if he plays. Uh, Chase Edmonds should get another go as the workhorse. But the horse's back is hurting, and Edmonds has been limited this week with a back injury. So I'll throw a C-grade on Edmonds. That is if James Conner doesn't go, as Dallas is a better-than-average defense against the run the bright spot they're allowing around five receptions per game to opposing backs and a 4.4 yards per carry so he should be able to cobble together like 100 combo yards if he's the lead back and we saw chase Edmonds get goal line work with james connor out last week and that's always the thing that has capped his upside no touchdowns and if connor's not going to go and Edmonds can get goal line work that gives him a much much higher threshold yeah uh, Christian Kirk was charges take a chance on me wide receiver and is the only Cardinals wide receiver I have a starting grade on. He gets a B for me. It's worth noting that DeAndre Hopkins is still out and Rondale Moore has been limited with an ankle injury this week. Zach Ertz has been the beneficiary of all the wide receiver injuries, mm-hmm. getting 11 and 13 targets in the last two weeks, averaging seven catches for 64 yards in those two games. I'm only going to throw a C grade on him, though, as Jaron Curse has been tasked with following the tight end for the most part. And Curse is Pro Football Focus's third highest graded player in tight end coverage this wow. year. Really? Yeah. Huh. So only a C on Zach Ertz. Vikings didn't need him. No, didn't need him at all. Dak Prescott, he gets an A grade. Uh, noted quarterbacks Andy Dalton, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, and Carson Wentz each managed multiple passing scores against the Cardinals in the last four games. That's all four of them in the last four games. Mm. In the last four weeks for the wide receivers of the Cowboys, when all three were healthy and on the field, CeeDee Lamb averaging nine targets, six catches, and 67 yards. Amari Cooper, six targets, four for 46. Gallup, seven targets, four for 45. That's not really great. Lamb's averages are teetering on the good side, but Cooper and Gallup are eating each other's lunch. I'll give Lamb the A and C's to both Cooper and Gallup in this one. The Cards have allowed eight wide receiver touchdowns in the last four weeks, so there should be some scores to go around here. 
Dalton Schultz gets a B grade, eight catches in back-to-back weeks, touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. The cards look good on paper against the tight end, but Isaiah Simmons has struggled recently against tight end coverage. Uh, The Niners, Bears, and Panthers each targeted him eight times in coverage, and he's allowed passer ratings of over 90 in four of his last seven games. And then finally, the running backs, Zeke and Tony Pollard. This one's tough. Zeke is seeing about 60% of the snaps, Mm -hmm. hasn't seen a 20-carry game since week five. And that's unfortunate because the Cards have seen four straight runners get 20 or more carries, and three of those four topped 100 total yards. Even Craig Reynolds went for 117 against Arizona. Right. Uh, The Cards have allowed the fewest touchdowns to the running back position this year at only six total between rushing and receiving. So with that split, I'm going to give Zeke a B grade here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep Pollard on the bench because Pollard would need a score to stay relevant and he's not getting enough work. Yeah. And with the cards not allowing touchdowns to opposing backs, that seems like a tall order. Zeke's got the better chance of punching one in. Mm -hmm. He's still averaging 17 touches per game. So I think he gets more yards and the chance to get a touchdown here. So he just gets the B grade. Yeah, that's uh, that's a backfield that has been very frustrating. I don't know if I'll draft the Dallas back next year. Well, probably not. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's going to be too tricky. Yeah. Keep in mind, Zeke's average draft position this year, five. Yeah. Fifth spot of the first round. We were all warning everybody we were, about we that. We were. This, this, yeah. You know People what? People listen to this show. Our final, peacock of this, uh, yeah, our final peacock of the year. We've, you know, we warned, we warned our listeners against that. Uh, when we come back, final segment of the year, and that includes the Ice Bowl Bruin. With the Vikings and the Packers, lots of intrigue in this one, especially on the Packers' side. What to do with a bunch of players that are going to have to try to put up some points in miserable conditions. We'll talk about how safe Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, the receivers, the running backs, particularly on the Packers' side, are when we come back for the final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Final segment of the year for Fantasy Football Weekly. It's a championship edition. We do encourage you to subscribe so you get all the off-season shows as well. We do continue, just not in the two-hour-long format. We do continue into the off-season as well, Fantasy Football Weekly. Final three sets of matchups begin with Scott Fish and the Lions taking on the Seahawks. Yeah, so most of the passing game here is on the bench with Tim Boyle being the starter over Jared Goff. Uh but I do have a B grade I'm on, on Amon Ross St. Brown. My boy. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. Is that now, his nickname? Here's, here's the downside. Amon Ra with, De, with DeAndre Swift in the game averages three and a half catches and 32 yards. Yeah. And he did not score in any of those games. But that was with Hawkinson and that was a bunch of the other receivers. Reynolds and Raymond are on COVID. They're out. Amon Ra is going to be the only receiver, and and they just talk glowingly about him. He's got 10-plus targets in three straight, um, and he's had a natural progression. I think he gets another 10-plus target game here. I got a B grade on him. DeAndre Swift practiced all 
week in full. Dan Ooh. Campbell said he's completely ready to go and take on the full workload. I have Jamal Williams on the bench because of this now. Mm-hmm. And I think he goes right back to his pre-injury 17-plus touches that he had in eight straight games before the injury. Yeah, And remember, before that injury, he had a, like 130 yards in two straight or whatever. I think he goes straight back to that against the Seahawks defense that ranks second easiest against running backs. Swift is a great pass catcher. Seahawks are allowing the most receptions and receiving yards to running backs. Yeah. What a week to get him back for your championship. I have an A grade on him. (laughs) All right. On the other side, Russell Wilson, I have a C grade. It's the back half of the season, so, you know, he's not going to play as well. He never does. does. Lions are top 10 against quarterbacks on the year, but over the last eight weeks, they've been better. I know. Just nine passing touchdowns. How are you giving Russell Wilson a starting grade here? Here's why. Okay. They're averaging Nine they're times. averaging Nine allowing about times. 260 yards per game. I think Wilson's better than the quarterbacks they faced in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be argued, I mm-hmm. guess, cuz he doesn't <laughs> I think he's going to be in that 250 yards, one to two touchdown range. I think that's pretty close to seaworthy. Um Tyler Lockett, B grade. He's combined for 11 catches in the last 2 weeks. Uh, he played a lot, uh, but he coming off the COVID list, he was really fatigued. He should be up for a, a better game here. Um, 95 yards and or a score for four straight weeks for the lead receiver against the Lions. I hmm. think that's about where Lockett gets. Okay. I have a C grade on Metcalf. I don't love it, but he's been a 40 to 60 yard guy. That's how the second receiver usually does against the Lions. I put him in the four to five catches, 40 to 60 yard range. Hopefully he can get a touchdown. Rashad Penny, I toyed with an A grade here, Hmm. but I didn't. I gave him a B grade. Every game where Rashad Penny has had at least 14 touches, he's topped 100 yards. In his career. And scored. Yeah. Yeah. It's only four games. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He scored six times in those. I think he gets 14 touches here, and this Lions defense is one of the worst in the league. They're bottom ten in a lot of categories against running backs. So I, I think Penny feasts on bad run defenses, and he's been stuffed against the good ones. Yes. I think it's that simple, and lines are bad. Yeah. All right, that's it for that matchup. Yep. Uh, Nick Chubb is an obvious A grade against one of the worst defenses in the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Chubb, best part of the Browns offense against Green Bay last week, 20 touches, 184 total yards and a score. The Browns still control their playoff destiny despite sitting in last place in the AFC North right now. So they're going to lean on Chubb to try to get them a division crown. Five running backs have seen 20 or more touches against the Steelers this year. The average line for those backs, 150 total yards and mm. a score. Uh, the passing game, Ew. it's tricky for the Browns. Baker Mayfield, he's on the bench walking it, watching him on Christmas Day. One thing is certain, he's not healthy and not a good player right now. Yeah. Uh, you can't play DPJ either as re- he's reliant on the big plays. And Baker's arm strength just isn't there right now. Jarvis Landry gets the only starting grade. It's a lowercase c, uh, (laughs) averaging eight targets per game over the last month. It's more of a volume play here. He has had at least five receptions in three straight matchups with the Steelers. And I do love his matchup against slot corner Arthur Mollet, Mm. who is pro football focuses 126th ranked quarterback. Najee Harris gets a B. He's as reliable as they come for touch totals, seeing 20 or more touches in 12 of his last 14 games. In the first meeting with the Browns, he managed 120 total yards and a score on 29 total touches. And it's worth noting that three members of the Browns' front seven, Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, 
They're all dealing with some nagging injuries, and if active, they might not be as effective. Mm. The only other starting grade is Deontay Johnson. He's been very reliable for targets uh, with double digits in that category in 10 of 14 games this year and at least five receptions in every game but one. He'll get Greedy Williams for the most part. Greedy has been roasted twice in the last three weeks with passer ratings over 100 against Baltimore and Green Bay. He tallied 98 yards on six catches in the first matchup. That's Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm. So I'll give him a B grade as well. Pat Fryermuth still struggling to come back from the second concussion in three weeks. I know. I'm nervous. I don't know if he'll go in this one. Claypool, Roethlisberger, everyone else in the passing game, they're on the bench. You know, without Fryermuth, it really takes the touchdowns out of the passing game for Ben Roethlisberger, who had been really improved in that area because of Fryermuth in the second half of the season. And then as soon as Fryermuth got hurt, they've dried up again. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's been unfortunate. All right. So that was the Monday nighter. Backing up to the the Sunday nighter yeah. is this Arctic game at Lambeau Field against the Vikings and the Packers. The game time temps are around four degrees, and then it's just going to get colder as the game goes on because it's a night game. Wind chills are expected to be around negative 15 for this one. This means the running game probably gets emphasized for both teams. And get this, I, I thanks to Stathead, um, the average passing game in single-digit single temperatures over the last eight years is... 16 completions, 160 yards, Ugh. and 0. 0.3 touchdowns. That would be the high water mark for Sean Mannion in this. <laughs> yes, it would, as a matter of fact. Sean Mannion's your starter for the Vikings. He has never thrown a touchdown pass. Nope. He has two career starts. Granted, they were both Week 17s with other backups around week him. Week 17 of 2017 and, 2019, and 2019. And now 2021. Every other year. every Yeah, so um, I don't like any part of the passing game except Justin Jefferson. He should now, change I had, his number to 17, by I, the way. <laughs> I had downgraded Jefferson from an A to a B just on the weather and yeah. knowing what passing games do. Now I'm downgrading him from a B to a C Ugh. on Sean Mannion because I— I you know I just don't think Sean Mannion's very good He's and it's not breaking news and that, and I believe that the 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 Packers will scheme to stop Jefferson. Now they have they do throw to him a ton or they have at least they were with Kirk 13 targets per game over the last month. Green Bay's allowed six receivers to post at least 75 yards over the last uh, month of games but I don't know. I mean, I'm nervous. It's Justin Jefferson. He's great. I think you still start him cuz yep. you kind of have, have to, to but Oh, this is a tough spot. Dalvin Cook, uh, I've got a B grade on him. The Packers are going to sell out to stop Dalvin Cook at all costs and make Sean Mannion beat them. The Packers normally see the third fewest rushing attempts here, but it's Mike Zimmer, yeah. and Cook's got a great history against the Packers, but that was with Kirk. Um, and so I Cook averaging 26 touches per game in his full games. If he's at 26, you still have to play him because enough good things can happen. Uh, just to be great on Dalvin Cook and what should be a one-sided game. All right, let's go to the other side. Where th I think this thing is a thornier and a little bit trickier to deal with. So here's how I see this game going. Packers are going to get ahead because uh -huh. they're the better team. Yep. The Vikings are going to have a punchless offense with Sean Mannion. And then the Packers will just run mm -hmm. on a cold field and not even have to worry. We talked about how how all passing games get. This is a point when you get to single-digit degrees, like four degrees, the passing game just doesn't come together almost always. So 
<sighs> I've got Aaron Rodgers with a B grade in this one. He's thrown three or four touchdowns in three straight games against Minnesota. And Minnesota secondary is ill-equipped to deal with Devontae Adams, who remains an A grade even in spite of all, everything else. Um, I think you have to decide for yourself on just how much you think the passing is going to be affected by the weather in this one. I'm keeping a B grade on Aaron Rodgers. Most of you will continue to start him because you're not going to have a better option. But just know this: there's a point where it gets so cold that the passing games almost always get affected. Um, the other receivers, I had starting grades on Marquise Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard before the weather crystallized here, um, and I'm worried about the running game taking over, but they've got great matchups. And if yep. you if you need desperation dart throws, consider Scantling especially. Yep. The Vikings have really struggled against him in particular in the past, and he's their deep yardage big play guy. So if you are a 20-point underdog, mm-hmm. Marcus Valdez-Scantling could make some sense even in the Arctic conditions. Great. By the way, the line in the game went from six and a half to 13, 13 and a half. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> right? And just, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> that's what Kirk does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kirk's worth seven and a half points. And apparently he is worth seven and a half <laughs> points. Uh, okay, so now let's talk about the running backs. So Aaron Jones has still got a bulky knee, um, but we've seen his his rushing increase week over week. I worry that they're going to, on a frozen field, bad knee, they're going to turn to Quadzilla, just like they did in that cold snow game last year in late December when he got almost all the work. I've got a B grade on A.J. Dillon and a C grade on Aaron Jones. I think you should call six touchdowns for A.J. Dillon. Just like against the Vikings uh, at this time last year. Exactly. Um, So there you go. Last thing I want to mention. My fantastic co-hosts, Brian, Matt, and Scott, thank you for your year of service. This is a very, very tough show to work on yeah, and thank to you, prep Church. for. Yes, thank you, you guys are amazing co-hosts. Your insight, your dedication, very much appreciated. Max, thank you today. Appreciate your help and all of our listeners. As a reminder, the podcast comes back next week. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.